Do you feel like the word vulnerable is a positive thing or a negative thing? Saying, I don't know and I need help, seems like the purview of my 10-year-old, not a grown-up woman in leadership. But let's be honest. Sometimes even when you feel at risk of being emotionally exposed, you also can find the courage to be yourself. So maybe vulnerability isn't such a bad thing. I don't know. That's what we're going to talk about. The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. I have to admit, an Amaretto Sour seems like a pretty sophomore drink to me. It's right up there with a fuzzy navel as one of those drinks that, you know, you start out with right when you're 21. I actually drank a lot of Amaretto Sours when I was 21. See? I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, So this one surprised me a little bit, but maybe that's why a grown-up version is just the right thing for this topic. I will say it looks legit. And being a more sophisticated bourbon whiskey makes a big difference. What kind of bourbon is this? This is Calumet Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey, aged 10 years. Oh my gosh. And so it's, it's paired with the usual suspects, as well as a beaten egg white, which is definitely a level up. Yeah, it's definitely a level up. And it's got a nice garnish with some lemon peel and a cherry. And you can check the whole recipe with egg whites and all at our website. Yeah, so vulnerability. Yeah. That's a scary topic. You think so? Well, I don't know. Aren't we supposed to be all tough and know what we're doing? I don't know. This is actually a topic I'm really comfortable with because I, you know, I'm a put it out there kind of girl. That's true. You are. But I remember that you had a story about early in your career when you didn't know if that was a thing. So I do remember really early in my career, my business partner and I were going to a meeting and we were running late. And the first thing I said when we walked into the meeting, because it was new business, was, I'm so sorry that we're tardy. And this is long enough ago that it was pre-cell phone. So there was no text or call, you know, conveniently. So you know, the meeting went fine, all was well. But on the way back um, to our studio, my business partner kind of let me know. He was like, you know, why just why'd you like go in out of the gate apologizing? You give up your power. And I was a little surprised at that. And, and I was like, you know, because it's their time. And we wanted to acknowledge the thing that would have been between us had it been unsaid. And over the years, I think um, David has made a big turn around on that. He doesn't necessarily feel that apologizing is giving away power anymore. But it was a really, I mean, this was 20 years ago. And it was a really kind of eye-opening thing for me to think think about that apologizing is somehow giving away power. Well, and even the thought that power is at play in business situations, which I know in many industries it is for Mm -hmm. sure. But for us, keeping the power in the room isn't something I think of first. Maybe I should more often. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what does vulnerability, like to you, do you have a relationship with the word as if it is kind of a weakness? No, I think the idea of vulnerability for me doesn't feel like the first word I would think of when it comes to leadership. Mm -hmm. But that's a surface level answer, right? Because who you really are is very compassionate as a leader. You're very authentic as a leader and you're not afraid to say, I don't know, let's think about that. Or I'm not sure what the answer is. Let me get back to you on that. And that's what it is. That's true. What would you say is the definition of vulnerability in this instance? Well, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. And so um, I've listened, you know, all the travel that I've done this year, I've listened to um, a few of her books and I really appreciate it. She describes vulnerability and I, I buy into this for sure. So vulnerability and authenticity are lying at the root of human connection, right? In that, that really it's not until you're completely vulnerable that you're living your true self and that in order to do that, it takes courage. And what I really, really love is that the prefix of courage is actually 
the word heart in French. And so Brene says, you know, you have to be wholehearted, which is part of vulnerability, right? You're giving your whole heart into a situation. So that's my definition because I totally buy into what she says. Well, that I feel like you just described being a small business owner and a leader too, because by nature of putting yourself out there to your clients or to your employees, you're being vulnerable. And you you are opening yourself up for criticism. You are opening yourself up for critique. And by nature, I think being vulnerable is part of what we've chosen to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you and I have another woman business owner that we um, that we we're friends with. And one of the, t- you know, years ago, she reached out to me, sent me a text and said, help, I'm drowning. I need, I need some girl boss help. And so we had a very quick call and she was coming up on this major event and it was all on her shoulders. And, but it was also on top of her other workload. And I just said, well, have you said to your team, like, you got to have my back on this. And and she's like, you mean ask them for help? And I said, she goes, I don't want them seeing me sweat or seeing me where I'm in a position where I think I'm failing. And I just said, well, what if there's power and vulnerability? What if there's a way to say, guys, I need you to step up and then to watch your team rally around you um, and to have them feel a certain way about being called into action is actually incredibly powerful. And that's what she did. And she she followed up with like, oh, my God, I couldn't I can't believe I just wouldn't ask for help. But I mean, I think women just aren't comfortable asking for help sometimes. Maybe men do, right? Maybe men too. And no one feels good being in a room where they feel like they know they don't know as much as everyone else. And I think specifically when we're young or when we're building our businesses, we get nervous that we might not look qualified or legitimate or whatever. The truth of the matter, though, I think in order to be vulnerable and in order to be comfortable saying, I don't know the answer or I need the help, is really a mark of significant confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the truth of the matter is I, I don't think I began feeling comfortable showing vulnerability in a business sense until after I felt like I had sort of legitimate experience. And so for me, you know, I'll be very honest, I spent a lot of years kind of faking it and trying to make up for what I didn't know or tried to, trying to hide what I didn't mm-hmm. know. And at some point when you realize that that's not effectual, it's not honest, and it's much easier to say, I don't know this thing or I'm unclear here, but I do have the skills to solve it. And, and, and having a confidence in your ability to learn and still perform allows you to have a vulnerability that is quite useful. Yeah, you're right, because I think the fake it till you make it is hugely at play, I think especially in the creative industry, maybe in all industries. I only have experience in the one. But but if you think about um, whether it's uh, previous colleagues or clients or previous employees that you've had, you know, when they're not confident, it's not just the fake it till you make it, but it's when they're put to task for a decision that they've made or they have to defend something, they get defensive, Mm -hmm. right? Rather than going, guys, I don't know, but let's dig in and figure it out. It's like, well, because, or I'm offended, or I'm emotional, or I'm, you know, whatever. And when I was very, very new in my career, the agency I worked at, I I screwed something up big. I mean, I, I just, I screwed something up. It's a long story. But I was one of a team, and everyone had a hand in, in it getting screwed up. And I remember it was an expensive mistake, and the boss sat us all down to say, we've got to figure out how this happened, what happened in our process. And I was terrified that I was going to get fired. I was terrified of admitting it. And um, he asked, he's like, well, how did this happen? And I just said, I, I screwed up. I did it wrong. And the minute I said that, though, my teammate said, but I should have checked her work. And someone else said, 
I should have made sure that that happened because, it was, you know, so a series of people all defended that it wasn't just one person's action. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, being vulnerable enough to say, I screwed up, I really, it was my fault, changed a whole dynamic around, number one, admitting when you have done something wrong mm -hmm. or admitting when you don't have that answer. And people will come to your aid, just like, you know, our girl boss friend, people like to help. Yeah. Well, and that's where that power came from. You just, you opened yourself up and took that risk, yeah. especially being a young professional, like I screwed up. Because hiding it just, you had that choice. You had the choice to, like, put your head down and doodle while you listened to how the meeting would play out. But what decisions would your boss have made about your performance in that moment versus what decision did she make in what you did? Right. And this was an instance where there was a mistake, right? Everyone's going to get to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. It will be obvious. And so then you either come off as somebody who, who owned up to it and, and worked toward fixing it or as somebody who tried to deny it, tried to put it off, tried to back away from it. So I think that that is a character-building moment as well. Mm -hmm. um, makes it scary, though. Yeah. But so it, it's interesting because your peers came to your aid and said, yeah, but I should have, or yes, I also contributed. But then how did your boss, did your boss reflect on that or express gratitude or did you, did you see a noticeable difference? Sure. There was a, there was a very big pivot in the room of, okay, so then where's our process that that happened? You know, because in a team situation, three, four, five people should say see something. And sure, there's one person who makes the error. But in a creative environment or any good workplace, there should be a series of people with checks and balances. Mm -hmm. So really, we pivoted that conversation quite quickly to how did that happen? How did our process go wrong? What should we do next time to ensure that that doesn't happen? So it becomes a very productive place instead of a place of anger or frustration. I can't believe I'm saying the word pivot. It makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like that was a really important milestone in your career, um, especially since you're still reflecting on it today. You know, what I'd like to go back to is you mentioned earlier in the episode that when you are vulnerable, it allows others to grow and step in. Yeah. So have you seen that a lot? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's true in any relationship, regardless of whether that's in your personal or professional life. I think in those moments where you really need to call your team to rally, to meet a deadline or to solve a problem that seems unsolvable or to ease a client's concern, if you need to be that same way with a client where you say, listen, I don't think that what you've provided me is enough information to give you what you want and we're going to need some more time. You know, just I just think that and I think it's true in your personal relationships like, hey, this next week, I'm going to feel a little crazy because of X, Y and Z. And it would be great if you could just support me. You know, <laughs> I just think that. And sometimes that's vulnerability and sometimes that's just straight up being real. Yeah, I think there's a tremendous relief in being able to articulate when you're vulnerable, when you either don't have the answer or you let someone else carry that bag, you know, the baggage that we talk about sometimes and saying, I can't do this right now, who else can help me? And the amount of gratitude I have when someone else picks up that slack when I don't have the capacity or I don't know the answer, I don't even know if I can express it, the, the amount of relief and, and thankfulness that I feel when that happens. And that's a good feeling to feel that way about your team. Yeah. And I just really enjoy sometimes not being the one who is invincible, right? Yeah, especially after more than a year of these you know, honest conversations and, and kind of, you know, viewing your week to week professional life through that filter 
because of these conversations, do you feel like you are skeptical? I used to be so impressed by people who had it all together. And now I'm almost skeptical of them. Like, what are you hiding? What's this veil of perfection you're hiding behind? Is that just extra cynicism? <laughs> I mean, we talked about it before. Nobody likes to know it all. Really, no one wants to hear someone who always has the right answer and always has to explain it and always has to explain it in depth. And so I feel very cognizant of trying to not be that person and maybe let a situation play out without my voice, which is useful as well. Yeah. Just as useful as when my voice is being the leader. Yeah. Or allowing your voice to be the one asking questions because you can have your you can bring your assumptions to the table that you think you know how it's going to go. But if you ask a few more questions, it might open up new possibilities. That's true. And so vulnerability, right, as you mentioned before, is connected to authenticity, which is a buzzword. However, if we if we as leaders really want to see our staff grow, we have to be we have to make space for them. And that sometimes means saying, I don't know how to do this. I I can't I can't get this done without you. And that allows other people's strengths to shine, and it really makes for a richer workplace when other when when everyone in the workplace has an ability to lead at some point in time. And for those openings that you create where people step in, it allows that leadership development to be cultivated. And then where people shrink back when you create an opening, that tells you a different part of that story. Right. And that's just kind of the evolution of, of, of your business. That's right, true. as you develop talent or or allow talent to move on into a better fit. So, what have what have we decided today about what vulnerability is in the workplace? Is it is it authenticity? I think I think it's I think vulnerability and authenticity go hand in hand. I think um, I think a lot of times it's it's the kind of foundation where human connection is born. Completely crediting Brene Brown for that again, but. But I think it takes courage. I think it often doesn't happen in the workplace. I think you and I both have unique workplaces where we have these really um, not only fabulous teams, but we we get to have really wonderful connections and relationships with the people that we work with. And um, and I am reminded often from people who visit or from other folks just how how unique that is. That doesn't it doesn't happen in every job. No, I, I suppose it doesn't. Although I've been in this job for so long, I have no idea what happens in other places. <laughs> Same. No. It, it's interesting, though, because there's both practicing vulnerability ourselves and then looking for it or seeing it in other people. And after some practice, you can see when somebody is very comfortable being honest about what they don't know or what they still need to learn and someone else who's a little defensive about it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just very much easier to say, I have no idea, but I want to learn. Or... I have no idea I could use some help. It's much more efficient. It makes for a collaborative environment. Mm -hmm. So really putting up those defenses and either avoiding the topic when you don't know something mm -hmm. or faking it doesn't – it's just more work. It's a lot more work. It's a, it's almost like lying, right? It's right. not quite like lying, but it, it takes a lot of emotional energy to lie and to track whatever that storyline, that plot line is. And so it's much easier just to be honest. And I feel like a lot of times being vulnerable said a different way. Sometimes it's just about um, being able to separate the what is so from the what it means about you. Right. So what is so is that I just don't know that answer right now. But that does not mean that I'm unskilled, dumb. <laughs> unprepared. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that I do not know that answer right now. That is so well said. And yeah. that's something that all of us could take and remember. Good job, Karen. 
It's actually a really fun conversation. But, you know, the the thing that I'm noticing right now is that your Amaretto Sour is gone. And I can't have more than one, even though it's kind of a, an easy drink. It's so much sour mm-hmm. that I can only do the one. Otherwise, I it just doesn't feel good anymore. Well, what I realized, too, is, like I said, it, it feels like one of those drinks that I used to drink when I was a kid, but with a little bit of age in that whiskey and mm-hmm. a little little bit of a unique perspective on it, it can be worth a sip. It's delicious. Want to contribute to our conversation? Reach out to us on social media at Easy Underground or head over to the website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. Speaking of inevitability, it's inevitable that there are more demands on your time than you can realistically handle. You mean your business, projects, and family schedules kind of look like mine? You can either complain about it or accept it and move on. And that's what we're talking about next time. Join us. Cheers. Cheers.